0: Adults definitely don't come to a dojo and want to learn how to how to do 54 outside blocks against and moving yeah, and, up, up and down the floor.
1: Exactly, and oh, look, I've never had a student come in unless they've had some experience before. But I've never ever once had a student answer the question with "Why would you like to learn karate?" to being "Well, I really want to do kata."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey guys and welcome to Karate Over Coffee,
1: a podcast where we chat about everything and anything related to karate and kabuto. I'm Reese Cummings and I'm here with my friend and colleague Shane McMahon. Hey guys, welcome back to Karate Over Coffee. This week we're going to discuss how to grow and sustain a successful adults program. But there are two things that we talk about in the podcast, well, two things we do. One is karate and the other is coffee. And this week, uh, I've never had a hot chai latte before, so I'm giving something different a go.
0: What do you think? you like it?
1: Yeah, look, it's different to, I think I usually drink a cappuccino, so it's still milk uh, in there, but it's certainly a bit sweeter and uh, obviously spiced differently.
0: Yeah, well, I've gone the exact opposite, long black, actually with, with a bit of ice because this is Brisbane. So yeah, my, my go to is always a, a long black. Sometimes I'll mix it up with a soy latte, uh, but otherwise, yeah, long, long black.
1: There you go. It's just like karate. It can be the same as coffee, but peeps of different types.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, some good, some not so good.
1: <laughs> That's right. And I'm sure we'll all agree and disagree on it just as much.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, guys, look, today what we're going to be running through uh, is a couple of uh, ways that you can increase your, the number of adults in your class um, and and keep them as well. So both Reese and I have pretty large adult, Uh, component Uh, we've both got around 100 adults that train
1: yeah look I I think interestingly as well when I started my dojo I actually didn't have any interest in teaching kids I actually only had an interest in teaching adults but organically over the year uh, kids have come into the dojo and as we know they often do make up a large part of what we do but I think it's possible to have a strong adults program and we may or may not agree on some of these but I think there are four primary reasons that adults look at starting karate Uh, one is fitness so they're looking to build their physique um, or their physical attributes Uh, the second is self defense that may or may not align with actually what self defense is but they're thinking about that or they're reigniting a childhood uh, passion I think we call that the cobra kai factor uh, Mm. at the moment Uh, or they're looking for personal growth. So that could be confidence or character or that kind of thing. And often with adults, I think we put personal growth into the, no, it's okay, we've grown, we've got our ego, we're where we are. But every time I chat to adults and we survey them once a year, actually confidence and the discipline and those traditional elements of our classes are often above any other area that they're interested in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, t- I totally agree. Um, however, I think when when you initially ask the person, they're always they're going to tell you mainly two things: fitness and self defense. But if you peel back the layers a little bit, yeah, it is confidence building. Uh, it is joining a community, making friends. They've always wanted to do karate. They've always um, you know been interested in in an Asian culture and want to be part of, part of that. Um, and I, I think if you, if you keep asking the questions, keep asking, doing surveys, we, I'm just about to send another one out, uh, you'll, you'll find out those reasons. I, I think that's really important too. We need to, we, we
1: have our product that we, we, we deliver, right? So in that's our, that's our classes and how they're made up on. But we do need to make sure that when an adult comes in, we understand what they're after and we understand, or we, we let them understand what we offer and making sure that there's an alignment in values there, because if they're after a certain type of activity or martial art or karate, and that's yep. not what we offer. And I think yep. we, we shouldn't have to cater to everyone.
0: Uh, I think when, when you initially ask the person, they're always, they're going to tell you mainly two things, fitness and self-defense. But if you peel back the layers a little bit, yeah, it is confidence building. Uh, it is joining a community, making friends, They've always wanted to do karate. They've always, um, you know, been interested in in an Asian culture and want to be part of part of that. Um, and I, I think if you, if you keep asking the questions, keep asking, doing surveys, we, I'm just about to send another one out. Uh, you'll you'll find out those reasons.
1: I I think that's really important too. We need to we, we have our product that we we deliver, right? So in that's our that's our classes and how they're made up on. But we do need to make sure that when an adult comes in, we understand what they're after and we understand or we, we let them understand what we offer and making sure that there's an alignment in values there because if they're after a certain type of activity or martial art or karate and that's not what we offer then I think we we shouldn't have to cater to everyone I have had quite a few students walk in and they've said hey I really want to get into competition and I want to add karate to my game and I want to do it and then I want to have a professional fight or something like that yep and I've said look karate in and of itself may or may not be good for that um however our dojo won't be the right channel or avenue for you to take if that's where you're going to uh where you're trying to get to
0: yeah so i think you you need to you need to be true to your own your own karate as well um but uh, and also uh what you would have noticed too is the influence of cobra kai I'm sure like uh, it, yeah once it became onto Netflix it became a, a lot bigger. A, a big much bigger audience.
1: Absolutely. Look, we we have had quite
0: a few parents actually, or
1: parents either enrol their kids or adult students, right on the form when we ask where did you find out about us or why are you starting karate. They're actually saying Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai they've yeah. they've watched it and it's reignited a passion, and then they, they've therefore then gone well. I'm going to put my child in it because I did it as a childhood activity, or they've decided hey, I want to give it a go again. Yeah. Um, and I you know I try and say to them look, we're probably not in the Miyagi-Do camp and we're not in the Cobra Kai camp and it might be a little different to what you're expecting. Uh, But I I, I don't think they're after exactly what's there. I think they're just after reigniting um, that that interest. But understanding their motives, I think is important. I always say to my students, what I teach isn't necessarily negotiable because uh, I'd hope that I'm the one that's developed the expertise in, in the actual uh, techniques or things that I'm teaching, but the how I'm delivering it and where we focus on things is certainly open to influence and can change a little bit depending on where our group's at or what they're after. Hmm.
0: I think also from when people first did karate when they were a kid uh, around the karate kid era, that's what we're we're sort of getting a lot of uh, parents who did karate when they were a kid, into the karate that is around now is, is very different. Uh, and it should be, it should be very different to what, what they, they learnt as a kid. Um, and as you said, one of the motives is, is a childhood fantasy or, um, a secret passion that they wanted to get to black belt. And many times I'll see an ex member, ex student who only got to green belt, brown belt, who will tell me, Oh, I wish I stuck with it and got to black belt. Like black belt is like the magical uh, magical uh, goal for a lot of people um, yes and we, we I, all know that there's way more after black belt
1: oh look exactly and I don't think anyone would ever say oh, I'm really glad that I gave up <laughs> yeah. or, regardless of what activity it might be yeah uh, they might be glad that they stopped training at that club or mm. uh, with that with that group or that kind of thing but i don't think anyone would be particularly happy that they gave up the martial arts
0: yeah definitely but yeah.
1: i think if we yeah and, and if we understand the motives of people we can uh, adjust a little bit because what we need to think about is especially for adults we're really limited on time i know you know there's a lot of ratios out there we have x amount of hours of sleep x amount of hours of work and then we have all this time left to do things And and i agree so that shouldn't be a barrier but We've got family, we've got work, Mm. uh, all different activities and if we're picking what we want to spend our time on, especially for adults, then that time needs to be spent well and we need to make sure that the community that they're training with, the people, are people they want to be surrounded with because I think no matter, even if they like the stuff that they're doing, if they don't like the people or they don't get along with the people, they're not going to keep turning up and I think that is perhaps the difference in a martial arts group style class than it is in just heading down to the gym. There's yeah. a little bit of a different feel there. You can do
0: both, or you may prefer one, but but that's a bit of the feel. Two weeks ago, I walked outside to the cafe next to me at the dojo on a Saturday morning after training, and there were four four members having a coffee together, and I loved it. So yeah, I look yeah. over outside. There's another four having coffee. separate groups but there's still groups and they're still they're still getting together outside of outside of training and and that that is that's fantastic that's that's what you want to see
1: Oh, exactly. And we, we hope that I guess the martial arts or in our case karate or kubudo is the thing that brings people together and the similarity that they have is what builds that community. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're going to chat a little bit about that later, but we were going to talk about uh, what is important also in a syllabus mm. when we think about adults, because adults and kids are different. Uh, the way we teach them is different and the things that we teach them are different as well. Uh, Personally, our syllabus has a very heavy focus on partner work. Uh, So I'd say around 70% of our class would be on partner work and then the remainder would be solo drills, whether that be what we consider to be traditional kihon um, or more modern traditional kihon where you go up and down the dojo floor or kata, Mm. uh, older kihon, uh, where you're just drilling the solo representation of the cutter, but partner work is a big part of our syllabus.
0: Yeah, and I think that also partner work helps build the community. Um, but as part of part of your syllabus, you have to look at the reason the person joined you. And one of the four is self defence. Uh, so if you're mm. if you're teaching solo drills, solo cutter up and down, or unrealistic, yeah, and I think that builds into. A community like mind as well. You know, you, you get to know the per- person that you're training with, rather than just training by yourself. Uh, and w- with that, you're also building in realistic. It, it should be realistic self-defense, not always look not somebody stepping back and moving forward doing an oizuki That only person, uh, only person from a karate dojo will attack you like that. So it's it's unrealistic and. Definitely, when you're looking at a syllabus, you have to differentiate between the kid's syllabus and the adult syllabus. So for us, we we even teach different kata. Um, Mm. You know, I don't teach pinan kata to the adults, but that's a totally different podcast.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll entitle that one blasphemy or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what you teach to the kids has got to be totally different to what you teach to the adults. Um, especially if you're if, if you've got parents and kids that train at the club, um, you don't want them doing the same karate because the the parents will think they're they're just learning watered down safe kids kids version karate, um, and the
1: I, and I, I think what you said, Said there is right too. You know, adults have a little bit of this pent up energy too that they want to spend. So hitting things, whether yep. it be pads or people, uh, can be you know an enjoyable activity to do. But we we do have a separate junior syllabus and a separate senior syllabus. And the junior syllabus, by the time you get to the top end, starts to lead into the senior's one because that's the transition that we hope they take. But for our seniors, we focus at the lower end of the syllabus less on the solo stuff, and more on the partner. And then as you build an understanding of the partner stuff, we link in more of the solo. So that means that they hopefully have an understanding of what they're doing, rather than just, I guess, the representation of it.
0: Yeah, totally. So uh, we, we, we do exactly the same. So it's a lot of partner drills, and then later you start to learn more more kata, and more kobudo. Uh, more sol- more solo once you've you know you, you get a passion for learning learning training I'm, I'm sure people don't come adults definitely don't come to a dojo and want to learn how to how to do 54 outside blocks against and moving yeah, up and, up and um, down the floor
1: Exactly. And oh, look, I've never had a student come in unless they've had some experience before, but I've never, ever once had a student answer the question with why would you like to learn karate to being, well, I really want to do kata.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: It just, it just hasn't been. But I think everyone develops a, a, a passion for it. You know, my favourite thing about karate is kata, mm. but as a holistic sense. Mm. And I think, so when we're looking at building... The syllabus, we need to look at how much time that we've got with people, what time we spend with them, those motives that we spoke about before, and then building it around that. I've found that my adults program has grown significantly when we started to really look at how do adults learn and cater for that, what do adults want to do, and Uh, seeing whether that's possible to build in or not. But regardless of the demands of the actual adult community, my own focus has been driven towards practical karate. And that has therefore changed my dojo's focus. Mm. But that has aligned quite well with the growth of our adults. Uh, And I think that is part of the reason for success in that Healthy Adults Program. But the other really big thing is... I think walking in as an adult, we have a little bit more ego than a child might have. So making sure that it is welcoming, non-confronting, uh, and I know this is a, a perhaps an odd way to explain it, but not foreign, uh, to come in and, and not make it apprehensive. It is really important to actually seeing an adult start, but then make the decision, hey, this is for me and I like it.
0: You couldn't have said it better. It's got to be a welcoming, um, welcoming atmosphere when you first walk in. One of the things that we do with our instructors is if they see somebody that they've never met before or they've never seen, they've got to go over and, and talk to them and, and mm-hmm. introduce themselves. But uh, yes. it, 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 would, it would be daunting walking into a place where you know you may get punched in the face <laughs> rather than going to a gym. You have, yes. You have that thought of, oh, maybe I will get hurt here. And is this, mm. is this really what I, what I want to sign up for? And yep. when they see other people who are in the same level or a little bit above them, um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden a white belt looks at a green belt saying, oh man, they are experts. I want to be a green belt. The green yeah. belt's looking at the brown belt going, man, I wish I was a brown belt. I can't wait to get the brown belt. Look how good they are. Brown belt's looking at the black belt's going, man, I want to be a black belt. And the black belt's looking at the white belt's going, man, I wish I was white belt again. <laughs> yeah, look, a- a- absolutely. I think going through that
1: cycle and, and having those people to look at is really important. And yep. you, you, you're saying that as well. You know, you're looking to these other people. I know that I think you have one, uh, and I know a lot of people have them family classes. Yep. Uh, I do allow my parents to train with my kids. So, in that sense, I guess it's a family class, but it is focused on the kids. Yep. But for probably the first two or three years of our dojo, mostly because of numbers as well, we just all trained in one class. Mm. But now what we offer is an adults class, an adults program, and a juniors program so we get I think a large amount of adults who are inclined towards that type of training so we can very much separate but I had an inquiry the other week that said look we have a couple of kids mum and dad and we'd really like to train together and I said look you can but actually there's a taekwondo school only a couple of hundred meters down the road I know that I know the team they're great their whole thing is families train together. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation was go there. And I think that links back to what's the motive for training as well.
0: Well, if somebody inquires about that, I say, yeah, fantastic. We have two family classes on a Saturday back to back. So, I mean, we, we originally started that family class because my sister and her husband wanted to, wanted to train and teach while their kids were training. Um, and then yes. yeah, that, that's how it was born. So we have, a separate area uh, and we have separate instructors for the kids and separate area and separate instructors for the adults. So we all, we all do a warm up together and then we, then we separate. So the, the adults will do takedowns, throws, bag work, uh, sometimes Corbador, whatever we're doing in the adult class. And then the kids doing their own, their own thing. So yes, they are Mm. training at the same time, but they're not training together. And when I explain that to people, I said, you know, you don't want, you don't want your little Johnny nine-year old Johnny uh, training with a 45 year old man who accidentally goes a little bit too hard and bang yeah and, and yeah. all of a sudden we have insurance problems but um, so yeah we, we do we definitely separate them yeah
1: that model is really good though because it does mean that you can turn up at the same time you can train together it's convenient for families and convenience is important uh and then you can go from there look my adults' classes as well they're at 7 p.m so they might be a little bit later than some other people's classes Mm. uh but we find that that's a good time because it gives people enough time to either get home or pick their kids up take them back after class finish work stay late that kind of thing
0: and also with the uh, in the family class, I would say eighty percent of the people who are training in that family class are family, kids and adults. Yes. Sometimes we'll have kids that just do the Saturday uh, family class, and we'll have adults who who come and train in that family class. But generally, it's it's a it's a you know eighty percent of the class are a family and yep. a lot of a lot of the parents have started because we have that family class where i've asked mm. the question hey have you thought about training yourself and you go oh, well yeah actually i do really want to do karate so yeah but whenever uh, i do whenever an inquiry calls me an adult i will just start talking to them like the inquiry is for them not yeah not ask the question, oh uh, is it for yourself or for your child i oh, will just start talking well fantastic we've got four uh, classes four days a week plus we have a saturday morning class at seven o'clock yes. uh, 7 p.m and they're like oh that's a bit late oh well what time did you we've got one at 6 15 and then just roll it into oh you're yeah. asking about little johnny i see i see did you know that we also aff- offer you know four 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 days a week uh, classes and i always say oh yeah we we have over 100 adults that train and people are Sort of blown away because i think the perception of karate is for kids
1: Uh look i i think that's right and talking a little bit more on that perception too is we adjusted quite a bit of our marketing and advertising uh mm. when we did start to promote our adults program to focus more on images that would uh push towards the practical uh and content or the writing, what we were talking about in the ad to also focus on that. And we even included a little bit in our information pack about what practical karate meant and what we would be teaching adults. And I think that worked quite well. And that also builds into, I guess if we're looking at the syllabus, how we how we deliver it. Uh, Adults seem to want to know where they're going, which I think is very reasonable, and to be able to tell them, well, this is our lesson plan, or this is how we're structuring, this is where I see you being, here's a very clear curriculum that you can take and make steps, or here's a video that you can watch. more resources you give people, uh, the more empowered they'll be, and the more that they'll be able to study and, I think, invest in their journey. And then structuring your classes to make sure that you can cater if you're not splitting them, obviously for beginners, through the intermediate and advanced. And something we did uh, over the last couple of years, but even more this year, is we've always had a lot of instructors and break up in the class of juniors, less so in the seniors. Uh, And this year we've really focused on that. And I think that's giving our beginner adults a more a better experience so that hopefully their what may have been a shorter journey will turn into a uh, lifelong journey
0: yeah i think sometimes we also we get uh too focused on the beginners and not enough on the on the black belts and i know you, oh. you've got your own black belt class i don't ha- i don't have one yet however we are doing a black belt dinner later later this year so i think you you do need to cater for both because you've got people who've been training with you 5 10 15 20 years so you still need to cater for those for those guys as well Um, however you know the white belts become your black belts so exactly you still need to focus there too
1: but look, that, that leads pretty well into also talking about community. I think part mm-hmm. of the reason that people spend so much time in the dojo is because they like the community. And you mentioned that you're having a black belt dinner. And obviously before, uh, there are certain martial arts like BJJ that just seem to foster this uh, yeah. family in the dojo. And I know you do some, and I do some. Like we've we've upped our social engagement. This is what we call it: our social engagement program this year, specifically because last year yeah. was uh, a, a write-off. But we actually put a budget aside for a juniors and a seniors social engagement program. And then we subsidize any event that we can do. Uh, Term one this year, we did paintball. I may have personally influenced that because I wanted to go paintballing, (laughs) but that's, that's what we did. And we've done many other sort of activities, but we try and have one each term We used to have like a pizza night or uh, that kind of thing. We're trying to get out of the dojo, go somewhere else, do something. And again, foster that feeling. So people are motivated to see the people, not just do the thing.
0: Yeah. I think you definitely need to get out of the dojo because you need to, you need to see people in a, in a different light. You know, I I, I will Mm. see somebody at shopping and they won't even notice me. I'm like, Hey, like, Oh, I didn't notice you without your karate uniform. So yeah, I, exactly. think, I think you need to differentiate between when you're in the dojo. So Sensei in the dojo and Shane outside the dojo. So uh, I think a, definitely a social um, having a social community is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a... Oh, sorry. Yeah, you go. Oh,
1: look, I was going to say, look, there's probably even a podcast in and of itself. But it, it's interesting that, you know, you're you're talking about Sensei in or, or not Sensei out. Whereas in my dojo, we probably don't. Uh, we probably follow the more traditional format uh, in that a sensei is a sensei or, or a coach is a coach, an instructor is an instructor. And we want to form very strong friendships and friends in the dojo. But we still try and, I guess, filter that upon that traditional martial arts mindset. But, but that, that is a difference in and of itself. What one's right or wrong, you know, that's a, or, or it's probably neither, but uh, that's a conversation.
0: Yeah, well, I think, so. yeah, this this might be going down a little rabbit hole, but uh, I think some people like calling calling me Sensei and some like calling me Shane or uh, the, the kids. Are, I always ask the kids to call me Shane Sensei or Sensei, but the, with mm. the adults, uh, some, I mean, this is Australia as well. You know, we're pretty laid back. Yeah, that's right. We don't like that tall poppy uh, uh, syndrome, but, um, yeah, so some, some like you being called Shane like, I don't want to be called sensei outside of the dojo. Whereas I know some, some would prefer being called sensei. And I was yeah. at a barbershop oh, a couple of years ago and walked in, and an ex adult member was there and he went, Oh, sensei is, you know, really loud. And I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, Hey man. And everybody turned and looked and I'm like, Oh geez. You so say sometimes yeah, yeah. you just can't escape it. Yeah. Look, I, uh,
1: regard- even though we sort of, encourage people to uh, think about it in the broader context i always say to people if we're at the pub and you shout something across the the room it may or may not be the right thing to do and you might have to have a little bit of strategic thinking around well how do you still remain respectful Uh, and you know uh, just like a professional relationship let's say with your boss you still even outside of work need to respect that relationship because we're not very good at compartmentalizing things, and it will yeah. influence. Uh, but there's plenty of ways to be respectful without having to go over the top with a layer of a foreign culture in a context that it may not be quite appropriate.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that is definitely another podcast that we can... That <laughs> yeah, is mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even the syllabus that we're talking about today, that that's a couple of podcasts, you know? We yeah. Could, we, we can pull apart what we're, what we're teaching. Um, and then yeah, definitely the podcast. Um, so yeah, but, um, but also one other thing that we do with the social side of building community is having a, we've got a Facebook community group or a Facebook yes. mem- members group. Um, so it's, it's only invite only. And yep. from there, anybody can post after I agree. I agree with it. You know, you'll <laughs> have to just have to restrict access because you don't want, you know, anybody asking somebody else on a date or something getting getting all yeah. awkward. But, um, but definitely that, and also when when members become friends on Facebook and they start commenting on each other's status. Uh, yes. Somebody got a, a new car, and there's a couple of people. Hey, love your new car. Like that. That fosters uh, friendship in a community as well. Definitely. Definitely.
1: Look, I think there's a lot of things that we can obviously do to enhance that adults program. But what we've, I guess, sort of said, I think if I was to summarise, would be that we've gone. We've got to understand the motives. We've got to make of the student. We've got to make sure our values and the outcomes we're trying to achieve are fairly clear, making sure they're matched in the line and delivering i guess a training program that is catered for adults if that's what you're trying to grow a separate adults program um catering for there and then layering upon that the classes and then working towards creating opportunities uh to build those inter dojo relation or not inter dojo uh relationships within the dojo
0: yeah yeah i think we've wrapped it up pretty nice and neatly there um and Make sure you subscribe as well. I forgot to add add that earlier, so I might just yeah. Edit. I think we we, we get
1: tied up in the idea of uh, we like coffee, we like karate, and the podcast could go on forever. Uh, <laughs> but you know, making sure that we stop. But yeah, we're obviously the, on whether it be on Spotify, uh, on the website, or iTunes or whatever it might be. Hopefully, people will subscribe mm. uh, and they'll enjoy uh, sort of having a, a chat as well.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right thanks guys and i'll chat to you next time see ya thanks for listening guys and if you'd like more information check us out at karateovercoffee.com or have a look at wherever you listen to your podcast whether it be on
1: spotify itunes on the website or online and i look forward to grabbing a coffee with you next time